Welcome to the Skyrocket Education Podcast. Featuring Michael Sonbert and Antonio Vance. They've coached, trained, and partnered with thousands of teachers and school leaders from over 100 cities and eight countries around the world. They've seen everything, and they're here to share that with you. Get ready for the most honest, no BS, totally unfiltered education podcast around. Buckle up for informal observations. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. I'm Michael Sombert, the founder of Skyrocket, here with our chief schools officer, the good doctor, Dr. Antonio Vance. Antonio, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Ready to rock and roll today. You're ready to rock and roll. I am as well. So listen, friends, we are tonight, we were going to talk about one of our favorite topics, this idea that execution is everything. And we are going to answer, I believe most accurately in the history of this conversation, <laughs> that's a bold claim, but we are going to answer the question, why do teachers hate professional development? Now, it's not all teachers all the time, but it's a lot of teachers a lot of the time. So we are going to answer that question during tonight's session so hang with us uh and we, we're about to dive in before we do i'm going to start with three questions for antonio vance the first yeah. one's always random usually a pop culture or something oh, goofy boy. or something funny always a surprise <laughs> antonio favorite let me change that best cartoon of cartoon. all time what is it oh man you always do these questions you're going to get me in trouble <laughs> like, last time it was singer vocalist of all time now you're getting... but how am i going to get you in trouble for asking about cartoons is that like a, a powerful cartoon lobby who's going to yeah, come for you? man oh man <laughs> cartoon all right so i'm gonna go with i mean this is also going to tell my age as well i mean one of my favorites i won't do the maybe this i'm a thundercat i love thundercats like that was just awesome yes yeah like, I have, yeah, I won't talk about my um, sort of omen that I have, but we won't Wait, go there. You have, the, you have the sword? I am not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about <laughs> the Wait, but best. This, hold on. Let me pause for a second. Because oh, if you had the sword, that's different than if you currently have the sword. Now, well, do you have a child's Thundercat sword that you like keep? Is that of like. Of course. Was wow. it everybody? No, that's cool. You're so like, you're a big collector on some of this stuff. No, it was just, it was my favorite cartoon growing up. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I'm all a right. big kid. All right, I like all it. Right, but best cartoon of all time has to be, for me, Animaniacs. Has Animaniacs. to be Animaniacs. Okay. And the reason why, as you know, as I'm talking, um, thinking about, I actually learned a lot. As a kid, I, you know, I was kind of nerdy, still am, but definitely was nerdy <laughs> as a kid. And Animaniacs taught me a lot. I remember learning... Um, but, you know, they would do stuff in song. I learned that, you know, Const you know, uh, Istanbul was once Constantinople. There's a whole song about it. That's right. That's right. Right. New York was used to be New Amsterdam. And I was so nerdy and I wanted to figure out why they did all the countries <laughs> of the world. So uh, Animaniacs was funny, but it was also um, I learned a lot. And I know most kids probably weren't um, interested in, in all that history at that time. I'm sure you were, though. I'm sure you were. I was pretty into it. It is funny though. You brought up the. I'll, I'll go a little bit. Uh, I'll go to a little bit of a tangent, but um, the New Amsterdam thing, like yeah. New London, Connecticut. It's really fun. like New Hampshire, New Hampshire, but like I guess it's New Hampshire, right? If you're coming yeah. up, like folks, like we left England and just came and just named a whole bunch of places the exact same name, but just threw new, new in front of it, like yeah. 
from a European like you know towns, cities, countries, etc. So it's really it's really wild. Um, I am not so I'm not I'm not huge on the Animaniacs. So I did I did dig it. Um, I am I'm a big Ducktales. I'm a big oh, Ducktales man. man. Scrooge McDuck. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. Scrooge doing the diving, the the dive into the gold coins, which, you know, by, you know, in real life would probably break his neck, but he goes right in. He's a duck. Swimming. He's swimming and uh, thrashing Launchpad around in McQuack. the coins. Launchpad McQuack. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, and listen, um, and so for those of you who have, who have kids or just love uh, or, you know, nieces, nephews, whatever it is, and or just love kids cartoons. There's a show called Bubble, Gu- Bubble Guppies, which my kids watch, which is about this like whole like crew of, you know, guppies, little fish. Uh, but they have this, these amazing adventures and it's like there's like science and history infused in there. And they have the hook like they must design the songs, the songs that are in the show, they must design these songs in the same laboratories where they like make Doritos and like (laughs) Coca-Cola, like all the most addictive, like I can't stop with this stuff because these songs are so good and sing along and catchy. And uh, do you want to sing one for us? I do not want to sing one for you. There is one (laughs) that, uh, yeah, there's one that I'm like, I would honestly listen to this if like a regular band was playing this. And it's like Guppies, cartoon Guppies. It's so good. And so my kids will put it on. They're like, you want to watch Bubble Guppies? I'm like, yes. I'm like, totally. And I'm like sitting there like bobbing my head the whole time. So, um, Well, you know, Animaniacs is back. It's back. It's back in 2021. Animaniacs is back on TV. Really? What yeah, channel is it on? It, yeah. Check what it out. What, what, what channel did you say it's on? I think it's on Hulu. Oh, all right. Yeah. I have so all those digital channels now sort of bleed together. I think we should just talk about cartoons the whole night tonight. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's get a little more serious. What uh uh Dr. Van tell us something you've you've learned or seen or taught recently that might inspire or resonate with our audience. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing that I think uh, is definitely has been inspirational. Um, our country uh, in the last year has seen, you know, lots of uh, just, you know, heart wrenching and different episodes of, of things that that have to be addressed in our school communities. And because kids recall, are seeing it, right? Kids see it. Yeah, and kids see this and they know what's going on. And I remember at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of last year in February and in March when we we had protests and uh, the murder of George Floyd, and there there were school leaders that I that I had worked with that were mortified and and sort of frozen because they did not know what to say to their staff, to their students, and to their communities. Um, and I will say that over the last several months and and recently. Uh, with events that that has really evolved that leaders have now they they know the importance of reaching out being in solidarity with their their staff their family and their communities and you know with, with recent events i mean it's been really inspirational to see leaders um sending letters out to to first get them vetted and check and say hey can you, can you put your eyes on this um and they're, they're starting to unthaw um, from from the, the the frozen state that they had been in earlier on, so I'm really inspired that leaders and I, I'm I'm saddened that it's taken uh, the events um, over the past year to to get us there, but uh, really seeing leaders stepping up 
to, to some of the most challenging events and really digging in, addressing, uh, addressing it face on. They may not know the right words, um, but they know how yeah. they feel and that's what their communities want to hear. So really super inspired by that. I think it's, you know, we had our friends, for, the, for those of you listening for the first time, check out episode three because we had our friends from Liberated on the, uh, on the show and they, they talk, right. and those folks specialize in diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And one of the, the, the conversations we had was around, uh, you know, folks just have to, you know, there are a lot of folks who are afraid to say the wrong thing. Yep, absolutely. And um, I mean, look, we, I get it. You know, nobody wants to be, you know, what they called canceled, right, by saying, but we're not talking about saying something psychotic or insensitive. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about folks who are like in schools who are well-intentioned and want to address what's going on. And and kids, you know, kids, uh, kids, they, they, they don't know exactly what the right words are. are. Certainly, they know probably less than we do. So they want to they yeah. want to hear. They want to hear from. They want to hear from leaders, right? They want to. Yeah, they absolutely. want to know that the people in charge are, are in tune with what's happening, yep. and that and that they're going to address it. And same thing with with the adults in buildings, right? They they want to know that folks, at least from what we see, that that folks are addressing stuff. It's going to be imperfect. Yep. It's going to be clunky, right? It's gonna it's going to be a, a lot of words that don't come out right. It's and, okay, and, right? Like it's okay, but but, but yep. we can't, you know. Um, it, between racial injustice and social injustice and social Absolutely. unrest and terrorist attacks on American soil. And like, um, I, I imagine, you know, no school leaders got into this work, A, wanting to talk about those things right. or B, thinking that yeah. they'd ever even have to. Uh, but it's something that's it's it's a reality now. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. Um, and, and really, it's great to it's great to hear that um, you're seeing that that you're seeing that play out in oh, yeah. schools. For me, I have, I have two and they're, they're, they're quick, but one is I was in a classroom, actually, this was today and there was a teacher, they were finishing up morning meeting and she had kids writing down their favorite things about themselves. And then they got into breakout rooms and they shared their favorite things about themselves with other students. And then when they came back from the breakouts, the teacher asked student A to share out what student B said was like really great about, you know, mm -hmm. about themselves. And it was a really cool thing to see uh seventh graders just bragging about themselves and not you know like, you know kids right it's, i'm the best basketball i'm better than lebron james at right. basketball right yeah. that's not what happened it was like you know like um uh, i don't hold grudges um you know i care about my family i'm like a, i'm like a good i'm a good brother good sister it was stuff like that and the teacher did an, really an exceptional uh job at, at modeling this and at one point in the conversation she said Hey, my goal for 2021 20, is I'm I'm trying to fall back in love with myself. Oh. And I was like, wow. Like, and it was funny because uh, she apparently, when I debriefed with the principal later, she <laughs> was like, you know, an hour behind in her lesson. Yeah. She wasn't following any sort of scope and sequence. Yeah. It wasn't the curriculum. Right. And the, certainly the, the principal is going to check in with her about that. Um, yeah. Uh, but but for that moment in time, and she was modeling for kids um just what it just confidence and vulnerability and uh i mean it was just oh, yeah. it was just a, it was a brilliant brilliant thing to see and, and to see young people really engaged in that way was uh was awesome and michael how like powerful is that to be your authentic self um you know with students often we see um especially new teachers trying to build relationships um in ways that they think that the students um, will buy into, but it's more about, you know, as we all know, as educators, students see right through that, but it's when right. you're your authentic self 
um, that those true and real um, relationships get built. So that, that that's a great reminder of that, the need for authenticity. It's a great point too. And it's kind of, it's a good segue into the second thing that I'd love to share, which is, and I mentioned like the teacher wasn't following any sort of scope and not following the curriculum. And you know, it was what we saw was brilliant. And so it's, it's obviously, it's totally fine, right? You folks listening, you work in schools, you know, that there's time to, time to divert and there's time to, time to shift gears. Right. Yeah, but absolutely. I thought it was a, you know, this teacher's got the goods and, and we, we believe it's skyrocket that every teacher has the goods, but this teacher who I think started there in November and like, you know, partial year, you know, part way into the year higher, not a ton of, not a ton of experience. Like that's the stuff that she does just, Nobody coached her to do that. That's just the way she just the way she rolls. So we we were joking afterward and said that she probably walks out on a freezing cold February morning and has a flat tire and is like, universe, like thanks for teaching me a great <laughs> lesson today, right? And we well, we'd be like, Are you freaking kidding me? Right. But she's like, you know, universe, they like and and so what was cool about it is as we were discussing next steps, you know, that 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 teacher's gonna get coaching around um around actual instruction, right? And instructional best practices. Mm -hmm. But she's not going to lose the like, I'm able to have authentic conversations and connections yeah. and relationships with students. They're going to that the, the, that classroom is going to remember her when they're 50 years old. Right. I remember Miss, oh, yeah. you know, Miss uh, Miss B in, uh, in you know, in, in southwest Philadelphia. So um, that was the first thing, man. Second one, uh, we were I was talking to a school leader recently. We we're talking about uh, implementing real time coaching in, in her in her building. Right. And uh, for folks who don't know, real-time coaching is when the school leader interjects uh, mid-lesson and provides the, the teacher feedback on something that they could do differently to increase uh, some sort of student outcome in that moment. Student understanding, uh, student engagement, whatever it, whatever it may be. Um, and so, and, and by the way, we're going to have a whole show, probably multiple shows on, on real-time coaching and the fact that most people who think they're doing it aren't doing it uh, or at least not the way we define it and so um if you've never heard of real-time coaching you say that sounds terrifying uh or that sounds like it'd be really annoying or like this and that like there's a there's a, a best way to do it which we'll we'll share down the road but for now um she got some pushback and the pushback sounded like uh things are fine like what things are fine in our school right and they have a they have a, a safe school right and they have a okay. and they have a they, they have strong adult and student culture and they are you know outperforming by by on every on every metric they're outperforming all the schools in their in their in their neighborhood and their catchment etc mm -hmm. and so uh the, the the teachers uh with whom she she broached the subject some teacher leaders and some members for a leadership team we're like, you know, kind of like, why, like, why are we doing this, right? And the, and I think one of the people said, like, hey, let's, like, don't fix it if it's not broken. They said, and I love this because the school leader said, sixty uh, percent of our kids can't read on, don't read on grade level. Uh, it it is broken. It might not be as broken as the school down the block, but it, it's still broken. And so let's not get lulled into this false sense of of success or false sense of complacency because you know our school is quote unquote different than the school around the corner yep. um we still have a lot of work to do and this is something that's going to help us do that work for kids and families and so we're going to engage in it and it was just really inspiring because i think i'd love to hear your thoughts here it's it's 
it's hard not to take action when when that when the house is on fire right i mean we yeah. we've all walked into schools where we're two seconds in the door you're like yep like that's we got a lot of work to oh, do in yeah. here it's 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 sometimes harder when you walk down the hallway and it feels and looks just like school and you have to get into classrooms and like oh got it like this lesson what was that noise <laughs> what's that noise in your background firecracker it was ice <laughs> I'm going to talk about my drink, I suppose, too, but it was the ice is popping. The ice is li literally popping. Not just this drink is popping slang terms, but it's like the, the ice is literally popping. I love Michael, it. thank you for naming that because I don't want people to think that I do things that other politicians have done on the microphone. <laughs> got thank you for, for, for naming that. Got it. it got it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and uh, and so, but but it's back to my point. It's it's yeah. harder when things look great, right? Or they they pass the smell test, right? And then you just you're like, oh, this looks and feels uh, like school. But then you get into classrooms and you're yeah. and you're you're noticing two dozen things that could be more effective. You talk to a leadership team and they're they're not collecting data and they're not yeah. uh, they're not they're not coaching people and they're 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 not uh, you know they're not they're not engaging with families uh, <laughs> as often or as or as effectively as they can. And and that that's where and that's where the, really the tougher work lies. And so it was really just uh, an inspiring thing for this, uh, to hear this, this leader share. Michael, you know, I mean, it's really hard when to, to go through and, and to diagnose when things are like going well and for you to think about what more uh, can we do? So I definitely sympathize because, you know, you don't want to rock the boat even more because you know that when you implement something new or change this, turn the heat up, um, that there is the offset chance that things could go another way. And so building a new foundation that's a little bit higher is always scary when you know that the foundation you want is solid. And, and so it takes a visionary and a strong leader to say, hey, we're good, but we have to be great and we have to step it up and we got to add in this extra. We have to take a chance um, and, and do something more. And that, and that, that is apprehensive, you know, it's definitely, you know, jarring for leaders, but, you know, I commend that leader that says, look, hey, we, we're, we're okay, but who wants to live there? And okay is not good enough for the, the kids that we serve. So definitely right. hats off to that leader. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's a, it's a great point. All right, friends, we're going to transition to the third and final question of the night. We know that educators, I mean, you, you all work harder than anybody i've said it oh, before yeah. being a teacher is like trying to file papers while falling out of an airplane there's just a <laughs> lot of kids. and and by the way uh you know i'm sure brain surgeons have a tough job as well but yeah. i'm pretty sure the writers are about to make that first incision in somebody's head nobody calls out and says can i go to the bathroom and so <laughs> uh you all have a uh, a a a challenging gig and we know that uh, educators like to decompress in many ways some folks take a yoga class some folks uh, listen to some uh, some soothing music, and some folks have a cocktail, which we do. Oh, yeah. So, Antonio, are you having a cocktail tonight? And if so, what is it? Oh yes, absolutely. And you know, I have a confession. Um, you know, you know, I have to ask the the gin gods for forgiveness. I have straight away, um, definitely on the last call in, I am back to gin, um, and it's just something about it. I mean, the way that I mean, if you can hear this. The way yeah, that the way that Jen makes the glass even sound is is different. So, <laughs> <I am. laughs> 
And are we not mentioning the brand because they've refused to sponsor us? Is that the deal? <laughs> I, I mean, I only drink Hendrix. You know why? Because it, there is something about the the bottle. It just reminds me of like a 1800 tonic for the nerves or something. That's and right. That's right. Yeah, it's like a tonic for the nerves. I, I, I love it. And yeah, that's really funny. that's why I'm yeah, back. That's... I'm back to Hendrix gin. I won't I, I won't sway again. Like some um, some medicine man was driving through town with uh, with a bunch of bottles of Hendrix <laughs> Hendrix gin in the back of his truck, handing them out to people, telling them it calms your nerves. Which, uh, I mean, you're pretty mellow, man. So maybe it does. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, I uh, so I'm glad you're back on the Hendrix the Hendrix gin. I uh, so if you listen to the first episode, I'm convinced that people are just buying each other nine dollar bottles of wine <laughs> for our holidays and uh, all the special occasions. And so the whole day today, I was like, I am going to drink. I have a bottle of wine in my house. I'm going to go drink it. Uh, it is a Pinot Noir. And it was yeah. I actually showed Antonio the uh, price tag at the beginning of uh, our 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 uh, podcast tonight, and it's six dollars and ninety nine cents. So it's not not even nine. Unbelievable. And I poured myself a glass, and it tasted like paint thinner. And so I'm not drinking that. It probably was. Probably was. And so I poured myself a nice glass of Evan Williams uh, Evan Williams bourbon, ah. and uh, and the ice is actually already gone. It's not exploding like yours is. Uh, but, uh, it is, it is delicious and it is, uh, it's staring at me. So Why would we you will even entertain $6 and 99. It's not even $7. Why would you entertain this wine? I don't know. I'm not, you know, you're the smart one on the team. So, uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> quickly before we jump into our conversation about execution is everything. And by the way, friends, if you're at home listening, grab a drink, if you'd like, um, by, but before we even get in this conversation about execution is everything. The last time the just the two of us were together, which was episode two, we mm -hmm. talked about this idea of what makes the thing the thing and that it's not enough to just say we want our school to be more positive or we want our school to be more restorative or right. we want our school to be more rigorous or um, or or that we want it to be more joyous. But you actually have to define what those things are like down to every last like every last nuance so that you can uh, train on it so that you can coach on it so you can measure it so you can provide responsive feedback around it and so i have to share with you i follow all these different i mean i follow a lot of folks on social media but right. uh there, there's this one that gives like you know kind of like life advice uh -oh. um and they just sent the three keys to living uh, to living a successful life. The three keys. Can I share? I mean, this is like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant shit that I'm about to share with you. Can I share with you the three keys to living your, your best life? According to this one, this one uh, social media, I don't know, influencer, whatever you want to call whatever you want to call them. Is that cool? Yeah. yeah right. I mean, number one, absolutely. Antonio. Uh oh. Number one, if you want to live an excellent life, your best life, the first thing you need to do, don't stress so much. <laughs> that sounds easy. <laughs> that's easy, right? That's, but that's all it takes. You just don't, don't stress so much because stressing is as easy as just saying it and just not doing it, right? And so obviously folks who are listening, I'm joking, but this is the kind of like bullshit that we're talking about is like, and so number two is, 
Think positively. So if you, if you, I mean, listen, if you don't stress and think positively, and number three is, number three is live life to the fullest. And so if you want to, which is kind of redundant because it's like, how do you have an amazing life? Well, live life to the fullest. It seems like it's kind of the same thing. Um, but it's this idea and granted it's some, it's some BS, you know, some BS social media, you know, page or whatever, but it's really that idea of like, you know, those are, those are really big detailed things. You don't just get to tell people that they should not stress so much. And that like, that's not a, that's not, that's not an answer, right? Like there are, there are 50 different ways. I mean, 50 is probably an understatement that that could look and that you can get folks to stress less. Uh, and it's, it's really speaks to the point. So anyway, I thought of it because it speaks to the point that you and I were talking about, uh, you know, on episode two, which was like, you can't just, you, you can't just say the thing you have to, you have to actually define right. the thing. Right. And it leads us perfectly into our conversation for today, which is this idea that execution is everything. And I'll share a story to start this out. Years ago, I was working with a school leader and they had just gotten a, um, and the school leader was struggling, uh, you know, missing a lot of stuff, missing a lot of details, uh, relation, broken relationships with staff. And, and, uh, and, and he and I had a good, a good relationship. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to share some pretty direct feedback that I gave him, but, but we had the kind of relationship where this was okay. And he said, uh, he had just gotten news when I'm at, uh, when I was at his school, that his school had just gotten a, a $250,000 technology grant from a, from a funder. So nice. they were gonna, yeah. Right. So computers and maybe even a lab and, and all this stuff. And he said to me, man, isn't that awesome? What do you think? And I said, I think this is going to be something else that you all don't do very well. Yeah. And he was just like, 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 boom, like somebody like, you know, punched him in the mouth, but it's well, that, yeah. it's that type of thing. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's that type of thing where it's like, you know, this guy at that time, and by the way, his school's his school is exceptional now, which is really, really exciting to see. Awesome. But that guy at the time, like they, he was missing everything, right? He had all these yeah. big ideas, all these great ideas about the school was going to be X, the school was going to be Y. And not only didn't they define it, which is that thing we talked about the last time, which is what makes the thing the thing, but it was missing all the any sort of execution on it, right? They'd have a an idea for a new school culture model, but they wouldn't execute it, and 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 they they wouldn't you know, like they if they even got it off the ground, which they barely could, it would it would last for a week or two weeks, right? So I've had a a friend of mine, a colleague, former colleague and friend now, like who said like teachers are just teachers and staff start to wait those leaders out. They start to wait them out. They, they, they right. hear about the new thing and they, Absolutely. and they know it's not going to happen or they know it's not going to happen well. And they just say, you know what, this thing's going to disappear in a, in a few months. And so really, and we're going to say, you know, between episode two and this one, like you're going to hear us talk about the thing a lot, but for tonight, you know, we, we want school leaders listening and teachers to a lesser extent, but mostly school leaders, like, it's not about the thing, right? It's about how well you do the thing, right? The, the thing, the idea is, is just the beginning, right? Everybody in this work, I mean, we know a million school leaders and teachers. Right. I don't know any who aren't smart or aren't incredibly smart. It's not everybody's got good ideas. It's about can you actually execute on the idea? That's, that's the 95% of the, of the stuff. I mean, how many in advance, I'll throw it to you here, but how many schools do you know who are like, oh, we have a, 
you know, we want to we want to build a restorative justice uh, school culture model in our in our building or our our network or our district. They don't. Uh, uh, that's great. Awesome. We're on board. Right. Absolutely. What happens next? Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, uh, I was, you know, I was talking to a, a leader from a district who was like they were shifting all their curriculum to uh, to, to to make sure that all the all the all the all the curriculum was culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. And that was their push, culturally relevant pedagogy, which is a great idea. But when we started to talk about the execution on a, on a on a weekly, daily, and hourly level, they had no plan to do it. And I'm, you know, I, I hate it to like, you know, kind of laugh in the back of my head. Right. I, I don't think I was laughing because that's shitty because it's not the way we we are. I mean, I, but I was like, I was, I guess I was more annoyed or whatever. But like, this is a great idea. It's gonna fail. Like, it's like you're not gonna be able to execute on this because you haven't. You have no plan to do it. And so, Vance, where have you seen this play out? What are your thoughts on this idea that execution is is everything? It's much more than the idea, the initial yeah. idea. You know, Michael, for, uh, for a moment, I did get a little worried when you brought up those three keys because I actually thought you were being serious. Because there's <laughs> so many people that fall into the these large... Uh, statements about things. And if, I mean, I think about that um, family guy episode where Brian writes this book, like do it, wish it, want it, or want it, whatever that the, the, the book was. And it was this like broad sweeping statements and millions of people were buying in. Right. But then I think about how school leaders are trained. Michael, school leaders are not trained to think beyond, you know, what, what are those integral deep details where, where, you know, school, you know, I, at, when I was a school leader and when I was being trained as a school leader, we, I, I was taught about the larger things like execution on projects, but you had to have the, the newest best curriculum. You had to have the best pedagogy, the best this, but what is missing is what are the integral steps? What are the nuances? What are the things that have to happen in order to actually make it happen you know, earlier today, I was having a conversation with one of our other uh, colleagues uh, at Skyrocket, and uh, she was talking about some school leaders that she was working with. And she said, you know, they, they're they really nice intentioned people. They're nice and smart, but ineffective. Yeah, that's And right. it's everyone has the right intention. Yes. And for the folks that are listening, you have, the, you know, everybody wants the, the best things for kids, and we want to put the best in front of them. But it's more than just having that thing. It's what is happening at every single moment. How does it happen effectively and efficiently and becomes this sort of well-oiled part of the school? And I, I, the, the thing that I think about as I'm listening to you talking is like, where the hell do we learn that? Where do, and I'm thinking to myself, where did I learn that? How did right. I recognize that, hey, like, oh, I have a great idea about instituting restorative practices and I can stand in front of the staff and say today we are a restorative justice school right so what what's happening <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah know? so what does that mean and I don't mean that lightly but like what what happens next what are the detailed steps and a lot of times we make these proclamations um and I've seen it so many times you know even with you know schools that we start at the beginning of the year okay what's your vision what are we doing and they have all these espoused thoughts, but what are the actions that follow up with it? And every day, you know, every week I'm checking in like, hey, remember back in June, we said X? 
oh right. yeah, well I'm going to get to this and this. Like, no, we we have to really really dig into it. I'm I'm so happy we're talking about this today, and hopefully by the end of this podcast we can get folks to understand the importance of not just getting to that thing and, and identifying it and knowing what it is and what makes it, but what are those things that make the execution um, and the actual implementation uh, the, the, the thing? You know, it's, you, I, I, love, I love what you said. I want to I lift up one piece of it is around like, well, where is this, where is this taught, right? And so I'm lucky because I had a boss very early on in this work who was like, every single deadline goes on yep. calendars. I imagine... Yeah. For some of the people listening to this right now, this is this is new for you. But if if you need somebody to send you something, you don't even have to be their boss. You're their colleague, right? Like you are you are peers. But if you need them to send you a document, um, you know, uh, around what whatever you're revising, you know, uh, the, the 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 parent handbook, or you're revising, you know, you're revising your your you know arrival or dismissal procedures, right? You are. Um, you are revising your instructional standards and you are working collaboratively with other people that you should put those deadlines on calendars. What, what often happens is uh, we say, hey, well, so can you do that thing? And the person's like, yeah, I can definitely do that thing. And then like, you're like, thanks. And then you're like, bye. And they're like, bye. And then it's like a week and a half later, you're, uh, a week and a half later, you're like, what happened with that? Right. Versus like, great. Thanks so much for helping me out. When can you do that by Thursday? Great. Thursday. What time? Uh, end of day. Great. What time is that? 5 p.m. Great. Let's put that on your calendar. Absolutely. I'll put it on mine. I'll, I'll send the invite for both of us. And now we both know that this thing has to happen. And so I was personally lucky to get to get trained in that way. But I, I also think that folks are uh, where we see this play out, where folks are pretty good at this, if they haven't had explicit training, is when folks are, are um, really intentional about like the data they collect, they are, they are doing consistent walkthroughs, they are, they, are, they are walking the building, they are like, hey, I'm noticing that there are like nine kids in the hallway right now. Let's find out why. Oh, the teachers are sending them out into the hallway. Because they were, you know, they're, they're whatever the teacher thinks they're being disruptive, right. they, they, whatever it is. And so the teacher's like, go find the dean or go find the principal or, or go to the principal's office. Right. And so mm -hmm. you've got to that 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 leader walking the building has to in that moment be like, hey, either this system is not clear. Which if it's not clear, that means we didn't define it clearly enough, which means we didn't execute it clearly enough or we didn't execute the, defi the, the, the definition of it clearly enough, and, and we didn't train people well enough on it, or it is clear, which is very often the case, the, the, right. the, the language, to your point, it exists somewhere. Yeah. It's espoused somewhere, but nobody's following it because to our point, the execution is ineffective. And so I think that, and there's tons of schools where that's the case, and you could, you could uh, pick a half dozen, not a half dozen, two dozen different things. Uh, it's the school leaders who are actively uh, collecting data, who are actively doing pressure checks around the building, doing their doing morning walkthroughs, doing orbits as we call them at Skyrocket, who are able to who are able to find out where the where the misses are. Yeah, Michael, it sounds so easy, <laughs> but you know that the 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 day drama of a school uh impedes all that and i, I mean even w to your example i'm thinking about you know as a school leader and i would 
it, it's so funny. And I don't seeing kid that your actual example is one that I faced walking yeah. through the building. I'm like, wait, why are kids in the hallway? <laughs> right. And it's funny when you said it, I was just like, is he talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Um, you could say when I walked through Vance's school one time, I saw that. Um, but you, I will you know, not say that. I will not say. I will plead the fifth on this. But you're. But but you're right. And I think that one of the the the, the major points is that we we all want the best for kids. And I I mean in a previous in our other episode I called it playing school. Right. And right. Um. And I think that you know as leaders, there are so many things that you know, pile up on our desk. But at the end of the day, it is looking at what our goals are and keeping our foot and our vision on that and driving every single day the execution of the things that we said that we were going to do. And when we say we're going to do it, what what are those barriers that get in our way to stop us from doing it? And I think leaders, um, you know, and I've worked with tons of leaders that stumble and they have would they feel are legitimate excuses as to why um, the dismissal plan is falling apart? Um, this dean didn't show up. This person forgot this. And part of execution um, is is thinking through and being extraordinarily clear about every single step, everything that you're doing. And you're lucky, right? You had a great mentor uh, that taught you that. And and eventually, I I gained a mentor that that taught me those things. And Skyrocket is a mentor to tons of folks, uh, to to and, and tons of leaders to get them there. Um, we got to get our listeners there and and everyone else around uh, <laughs> the country because this is a major linchpin that's missing for schools. Is that we talk about? I mean, I can give super concrete examples of of schools that I've worked with where that linchpin of following through on execution is the reason that they are not, you know, a successful school or that they're not, that they rarely meet their goals. And I think it's really important for us. Like we're going to have to get concrete, you know, even today about like, what are the next steps that folks need to do and what they can do to, to, to make sure that execution is happening and that, that they realize that it's everything. Well, I think the first step is you're making great points. I think the first step is the actual, realization right so you give the oh, yeah. example of the the yep. school where like the dismissal routine is uh is falling apart i think those were that was the language you used not my school um not your school um <laughs> but a leader knowing that and and caring about that and i don't mean caring and like the, i care about kids because of course every leader cares but like a Absolutely. leader looking at a dismissal procedure even if it's not falling apart but even if it's just okay and families mm-hmm. are waiting Mm-hmm. 10 minutes. You know, there's, there's, there's been schools. We've been at schools where families wait 45 minutes for kids, like, and they're mm. not 45 minutes early, right? Like they're there like with like, and, and that, and that, you know, so just knowing, even if they don't know what to do to fix it at that point, knowing that there's an issue and having that really high bar, I think is the, is the first step. Um, not knowing that, Absolutely. not knowing that thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, not knowing it is, is, or just kind of saying, right? We want to do X, yeah, um, and not not thinking about what the next, you know, ten things are, yeah, is where I think we have some major trouble. The leader who knows it, but is like, hey, 
you know, this is an obstacle and this is an obstacle that yeah. that we can work with. And, oh, and yeah. maybe their maybe their assistant soup can work with or their their CAO or their CEO, you know, depending on where, um, you know, the, the archdiocese, depending on where they're 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 working. But it's the it's the um, and by the way, that's a separate set of skills. Let's OK, great. Now let's de define what makes the thing the thing, right? What would yep. success look like here? Let's Absolutely. break it down, right? Where are kids going to line up? What time? What time are kids? Is, are seven hundred students going to be coming down the, the the stairs at the same time? I hope not, right? So right. what is that going to look like? And then um, let's actually execute. Where do people need to be? What time do they? What time do they need to be there? We're I was uh, working with a school leader uh, not that long ago. Uh, you know, a week or two ago, who their their schools opening up, they're 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 shut down because of the, the pandemic, but they're bringing back a couple of grades, and they have a, a big school, a big you know a big student body in terms of numbers, and a big school. And I love what she did because she, uh, she she created her entry schedule and her entry posts for teachers, and she has every single teacher deployed. Uh, or all the ones who who need to be deployed, right? I imagine some are in classrooms, uh, but but Absolutely. all the staff and all the teachers who need to be deployed, and she's going to have some at doorways that are only letting in three or five kids, and she's going to hold them accountable for being there on time, right. and for you know for greeting students, and her rationale was well because we're going to be bringing more and more grades back over the next couple weeks next couple months, whatever it is. And I want everybody to be totally trained on where they need to go and yep. by when and what time and not, hey, you, you know, hey, you you all are going to start next week when your students come back and you all will start the week after mm. that. No, what they're doing is they're pressure testing this COVID entry routine yep. with with a, with a with 100 students in preparation for five or six or whatever the number is over the next over the next you know month month and a half mm -hmm. and that to me is a really great example of like execution is everything this leader is going to walk the entire building every single morning are folks where they're supposed to be are they are they engaging with students the way we ask them to remember we have to be social distancing i am, I, I think there's there's temperatures being taken at every single entrance and you know she could have all the kids because it's not a ton right now she right. could have them all come through the front door and tell probably two thirds of the staff, hey, we don't need you for, an for another two weeks, but she's not yeah. doing that. And that's, that's this idea of execution is everything really, really playing out. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I think often about uh, how schools, you know, adopt, you know, even brand new and, you know, the, the whatever the, the current uh, best practice, quote unquote, is at the time, Right. And they don't do that pressure testing. They sort of try to implement, you know, ad hoc or, you know, just sort of like plug and play, which uh, we all know that eventually those those, those systems don't don't hold um, over time. So I, I, I do think that leaders have to be mindful um, about how they pressure test, how they, they look for where things can go wrong and where execution uh, can start to to dwindle and and, and fall off. I, I think about um, an organization that I that I coached and worked with that adopted you know this really robust you know tutorial program. They saw it working in another school at a certain level, and they literally just sort of took the fundamentals of of that and and tried to superimpose it 
over their school instead of what you're suggesting here, which is let's pressure test. Let's let's well, first, I'm gonna go back to what you said earlier, which was like recognizing when there is an issue and recognizing when things are not um, that execution isn't happening. But then taking the time to even step back further and test and practice and think um, through before before they you know try to act. So, I mean, I think that's that that's a really great point that I see a lot of folks just move ahead with what they espouse, and you know, God forbid they turn the other head when things when execution isn't happening the way it should. And so it's like, oh, we just got to keep marching forward. We got to just keep marching forward instead of pausing um, and and really fixing it. Because in the end, if we're not executing, uh, we're not going to serve our children the way we should. Well, it's a perfect segue because I teased this on the front end, this idea that we were going to answer the question, like, why do teachers hate hate PD? Oh, yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> you forgot. <laughs> Either, either the conversation is that interesting or the gin is that is that is working that well. It's a combination. Um, tonic from so, my nerves. Tonic. So you got the, you got the nerve tonic. Um, here's the, so we've worked with, this is not, this is not a, uh, and so let, let me start, let me go bigger. There's a, there's a, I believe it's a misnomer that teachers hate PD. I think teachers hate bad PD. I think Amen. it's like if you had a restaurant mm-hmm. and you, only served shit sandwiches, right? You did, and people came and they were getting sick and they were like, I'm never coming back here. I hate this place. You wouldn't then get to say that people hate food, right? You would say people hate disgusting food. People hate bad food and that's accurate. And so I don't actually believe, and I know you don't either, that teachers hate professional development. I think teachers do hate bad professional development. And I want to talk about why. We've worked with, it's, this is no exaggeration, thousands, thousands and thousands of teachers. We mostly work with school leaders, but in that work, we've worked with thousands of teachers as well. Some of whom have been teaching for 25 years, many of whom have been teaching for, 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 for a few months. Now, I've never met, and I know you haven't either, ever, a first-year teacher who's ever said anything that sounds like, I just wish my bosses would leave me alone, I know my kids better than anyone. They don't know what's happening in my room. Just like kind of get out of my way and let me do my job. <laughs> Never met a first year teacher yeah. who's ever said that, but we've met dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of second and third year teachers who have now. And we've of course met fifth right. and 10th and 20 year teachers who have as well. Right. But, but I'm interested in that difference between the first year and the second year and the first year and, the, and, and even the third year. And I believe that teachers in this country are sold a false bill of goods. They are told, Mm. you're going to come to this school and we're going to develop you. We're going to coach you. You're going to get training. You're going to get support. Mm. And it almost never happens. You're going to get in trouble, Michael. I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) That's okay. And, And it almost never happens. And so teachers start to build up this like defense, right? This, this, this almost this wall around them, right? You've gotten feedback. I mean, Vance, you've gotten feedback from people oh, yeah. who didn't know what they're talking about, right? Yeah. You, you take, you probably grin and smile. All right. I have as well. I got some feedback recently from someone. I'm like, this, this, this guy doesn't know shit about shit. Right. Yeah. And he's, yeah. but I, I took the feedback. I smiled. <laughs> but if that's happening every single day, yeah, all year long. Right. And so, what, what, so teachers are, are they, they go to summer training, right? And they're, and, and, and to your point about the new thing, here's our new math curriculum. Yeah. Here's our new school culture model. And it flies by. I don't, if it's the best training in the world, 
you can't you can't get good at anything in four hours right if it's no. the best training in the world yep. but it's usually not it's usually sit and get the facilitation is usually poor right yep. folks aren't asked to engage and so we're talking about folks are receiving mostly bad pd for most of their careers that is then incredibly poorly executed on absolutely and yep. and so i think and so teachers build up you know and it's it's you know you can call it reform fatigue you can call it just a, a grand cynicism about this new thing because a new thing is presented there's very little rationale given for why it's presented often no data it's presented um and as we said often poorly not always but often poorly and then folks teachers are expected to execute on this thing <laughs> without without yeah. without nearly enough support yeah and there's very little follow-up and, and and when there is it's it feels totally out of touch because you you're, you're getting feedback from somebody who doesn't really know what's happening in your classroom Absolutely. and i want to bring all this back to this idea that the execution is everything and maybe we shouldn't shift all of our curriculum in one year even if that's what <laughs> the the district wants or the i mean it's hard to push back against large school districts i get it but like even if that's what the the board wants or the yeah. the see like that maybe we shouldn't shift everything in one year right or if we're going to we have to commit to this idea of executing both the training every part of it the rationale for why the the follow-up the accountability here's what you can count on me for right like Teachers say they don't like, we talk to teachers who don't like be, uh, uh, administrators being in their classrooms. It's not, it's, it's because it's, it happens so frequently. Right. And the administrators yeah. are, are often giving misaligned feedback. Right. We know, we know tons of teachers who are like, yeah, bring, bring my bosses in right. because they're, in. they're, they're right. experts who are great at their jobs. And so really, um, you know, then this, this idea, uh, and, and I'll share this, this quick story and then I'll, I'll hand it off to you, but. Sure. You know, we've had professional development. So we, we've we've facilitated. I mean, I think the largest group of teachers I ever I ever facilitated to was was I think 400, 400 or 450 the Detroit, uh, Detroit public school teachers, which is that's a big group. Yeah, I, we've certainly had we've had you know, 400s, 300s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've done presentations for larger groups, but it's never been all the, with teachers, probably about 400 or 450. And, and we've said to folks, because they give you the stink eye when you walk in, many of them, right? Like, who's, who are these dudes, right? And we know we're getting the stink eye, but, right. but we've said to folks, we've said, hey, uh, you know, um, you know, Michael, I'm Antonio, welcome, excited to be here. And we're, we're more, well, I, hope we're more, I hope we're more dynamic than that, but if we're not, that's okay. But we, we say something that says, that sounds like this, hey, um, if, if you, here are our norms for the day. And it's stuff like, you know, close computers, put away phones, engage, deep dive into practice, yep. think creatively, make, make, make this relevant for you. And we say something that sounds like if you, if you meet these norms, if you meet these norms, I promise, right? Mm -hmm. Or if it's you, you say, you know, Antonio, I promise, or if we're together, we say, we promise, we promise that two hours from now or four hours from now or eight hours from now, however long the training is, you're going to be more effective for your students than you currently are right now. I want you to hear me. If you meet these norms, you're going to be better at your job 
at the end of our time together than you are right now. Raise your hand if you if you're if you accept those terms, right? Raise <laughs> right. your hand if you're on board with that deal. And you know what happens? Every single teacher raises their hand. Yeah. And we walk out at the end of the day. We've got we're giving out we're giving business cards out to people. Folks still email us from years ago. Oh yeah. Absolutely. This is the best training yeah. ever had. And so I'm not saying this to brag about Skyrocket. Trust me, that's not folks who know us know that that's not our our, our vibe. Right. But what I'm saying is that it's the ex, it's the poor it's execution the ex yeah. of the PD of the why of the actual session, but most importantly, the what happens after that 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 creates this misnomer that teachers hate professional development. Yeah. That's not we, that's not actually true. We know lots yep. of teachers who love it. It just has to be exceptional. Antonio. What are your thoughts? I just said a lot. No, yeah. I mean, Michael, the reason why is because we wholeheartedly believe that execution and the way that we, what we say um, is what we do. And I think that that, that that plays the biggest role. You know, I think about uh, my experience with professional development as a teacher um, and as a leader. And one of the things that I think that, that has always stood out is that teachers become more and more um, divested in professional development when it is sort of like reactive mm. and it is not really there to develop. It's sort of in response to, oh, we didn't do X, we didn't do Y. So now we're having this professional development and it al almost sometimes feels like, um, you know, it's a slap on the wrist because X didn't happen. Now you have to sit through this terrible PD. As opposed to, here are the resources. We're going to prepare you to do X. We're going to right. prepare you for Y. This new curriculum, you're going to be an expert over the next four weeks, over the next month. As opposed to, I went into your classroom and I didn't see you execute on X. So now you have to go through this. Right. Right. And the teacher could argue, you didn't set yeah. me up to execute You didn't on set that. me up for success. Right. And make, yeah. so like, let's like, let's agree, right? If I'm the teacher, let's agree that what you're saying is true. You didn't set me up to execute effectively on the last thing. Why would yeah. I think that this new thing is going to be any different? <laughs> right. Now right? I'm being, I have to go through more of the crap that didn't get me ready. Right. Um, and now I have to sit through and just listen, you know, to, you know, and go through the, these steps where, you know, the good leader, uh, the successful school, the visionary school, prepares their teacher their development is truly development it is not this lagging development that looks at a problem and tries to repair it professional development should be proactive you should be setting folks up for success and for launch not as a cover or to to try to repair something um in the past so you know that's my experience and that that's definitely what i've seen and so we're um I couldn't agree more. I just, I, I think, you know, there's a, we, we should define, right? We should almost have walk around with a buzzer. And when people <laughs> say like, we, we, you know, we use, obviously we use skyrocket teacher and leader coaching frameworks. And we think that stuff's the best, right? We think it's, you know, absolutely skyrocket is, is GPS in your car and everything else is that, you know, eight foot foldable map that you're holding upside down and backwards and almost causes you to, <laughs> crash get run over by a by a tractor trailer because it's not it's not as good but sure. but if you want to use something else that's great and we're, we're all for it but but you have to actually use it right i mean how many people oh, yeah. antonio 
How many schools and school leaders do you know who say, we use Danielson, but then we shadow them and they don't use anything. Danielson is what their school might use to evaluate teachers twice a year, but they're not using Danielson on a daily basis. They're not speaking the language. They're not, they're not, it's not, they're not even carrying, they're not carrying them around with it. The teachers don't know it. You ask them questions about it. They can't, they can't rapid fire what X or Y domain looks like. They don't, they don't know all the indicators. You know, they said we use TNTP core rubric and we're not putting down those other, those other frameworks. Like I said, I mean, we believe our stuff's better, but that's fine if people don't, but But, if you're going to use it, use it. Michael, it's not even about it. It's not even about if they're used. They're not even. I, I've seen folks not use them in the correct way. They're not executing. Right. If you're right. telling me that you are coaching a teacher, why are you using an evaluation framework instead right, of a coaching right. framework? <laughs> right. 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 And so, if right. Danielson is used to look at outcomes and 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 those actions, why why are you using that to coach and to get someone better? Right, and so right. I think there's more to it than just this poor use of of what folks have. It's using the right tool, executing using the right tool, um, in the right place, and that's what execution is about. Are you using the right tool to get to the outcomes, um, that you want? You know, just because you decided today to implement Eureka Math, great, it's a wonderful curriculum possibly for your school or whatever curriculum you decide to use. But are you are you sure that you are using those tools correctly? Are you are you do you even do you know the standards? Are right. you, do you do you know that you're when you walk into a classroom that they are you that they are actually doing an objective aligned to that standard, right? That is the execution. It's not about going out and buying the buzzword um, curriculum. That's it. That's it. Right. It is. Are you implementing it with fidelity? Do you understand all of the components and the parts? and the mechanics behind it. That is the execution. We, uh, we talk about at Skyrocket starting our own school and uh, we talk about having like <laughs> no, no curriculum, right? Like we're not, yeah. we're not getting it. Like it's just, uh, it's all gonna be in, designed internally and it's not gonna be about the new, as you said, the buzzword or the shiny object, um, but it's gonna be about executing like the same way now, we, we talked about this earlier, right? Like, um, it, it, like, w- like executing the same way, like a sports team executes, yeah. right? With that level of precision, with that level of feedback, with that level of detail, right? Yeah. And, and not like, here's a new, I mean, imagine, imagine a sports team, right? And not that it works like this, but imagine a pro, a pro football team, like we got new uniforms and new helmets. <laughs> we don't have any plays. <laughs> like right. we don't have any plays. Right. We don't we don't even have our positions really figured out, but yeah. go out there and play the other team. What's going to happen? Right. People are going to be in the hospital. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, it's just the school's not 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 that much different. Well, listen, friends, we appreciate you um, hanging out with us. I actually just oh, yeah. got Antonio. I just got a text message from a, a school leader with whom we used to partner. And okay. um, she uh, texted me a picture of, of a glass of wine. Ah. And uh, obviously this is not live, but she's like, I'm listening to the Skyrocket Informal <laughs> Observations podcast. I'm having a drink with you all. And so uh, very cool, very exciting that, that folks are doing that. I'll, I'll, leave with, I'll leave you all with this thought. We, we tell, and Antonio, you can attest this, we tell school leaders all the time that your, your teachers are talking about you, right? Your oh, staff yeah. 
is talking about you. If you were a school leader, they're talking about you. It's usually, it used to happen at happy hour. Now we're in COVID time. So it's probably virtual happy hour on the phone or whatever it is. Yep. Um, some folks still probably having, you know, socially distanced happy hours. And that's all good. But they're talking about you. Um, what they're not talking about ever is that you're really smart <laughs> or that you went to a great college or that you have a ton of degrees, right? They might talk about that you're nice and that's cool. What they're, what they're talking about is whether or not you, you follow through on things, whether you, whether, you, uh, whether you execute at a high level, whether you're on time for meetings, whether your communications come in a timely, timely manner, whether they, are, whether, they are, um, whether they are clear on why a new initiative is happening, right? They're, they're always going to talk about you, right? The, the question is, what are they going to be saying? And, and we'd argue, and we'd argue a lot of things here, but Oh, yeah. um, we, we'd argue that you don't, you don't want them to say that like, yeah, she, she, she starts a bunch of stuff, but doesn't finish. It's great stuff. Yeah. Nothing ever happens with it though. Right. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's got really good ideas, but you know, I mean, you can't, I mean, he disappears for like hours at a time. He's, he hasn't been in my classroom in you know, in months like that, that, that folks are, and, and to be clear, nobody mm-hmm. listening to this got into school leadership. So, so people could say nice things to you, uh, uh, nice things about you at a happy hour you're not even at. Right. But I think it's a point worth worth hearing that it's not the idea. No, nobody in your school gives two shits that you all are doing Eureka math. What they do care about is whether or not you are coaching them effectively around it and whether they feel supportive around it. It could be anything. It could be you know john and joe's math from uh, you know the guys down the down the block mm-hmm. have a little uh, they 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 they're creating math curriculum out of their out of their house like who cares what it is right well, it's not about the thing it's about how well you do the oh, yeah. thing and i think it's a good a good a good point to leave leave people with um Antonio, any final thoughts before we head uh, before we head out? Yeah, you know, Michael, you made me think about um, that book, uh, The Invisible Spotlight, um, Wasserman and uh, Katz, and they they say they they echo exactly what you say, right? You cannot hide behind these 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 names and these sort of whistles um, and one terms. Yeah, you can't hide behind them, right? You have to execute. You got to make it happen. Stop talking about it and do it. We will leave you there. Antonio finishes us off perfectly, unsurprisingly. Antonio, thank you so much for being here. Friends at home, thank you for listening. This is Informal Observations. We are Skyrocket Educator Training, and we'll see you next time. Keep on rocking. You just listened to Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. Sign up for our mailing list at WeWillSkyrocket.com and tune in to our next episode.